0: I don't know if you know this or not, but Small Rig announced/slash released something called Magic Fizz.
1: Oh, I am aware. I forgot the name, so I didn't recognize it on the thing. But I am aware of what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> what do you think about the Magic Fizz, Daniel?
1: <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm pretty into the Magic Fizz. <laughs> no, it it actually does look pretty good, like. The price is right around the price of the Tilta Nucleus Nano.
0: I honestly didn't see the price. I saw a few videos on it, and I was kind of looking up the specs. It seems pretty much in line with every other follow focus that I've looked at.
1: It's a follow. It's a motorized follow focus with a wireless controller, so it's very similar to the two tilta nucleus nano and there's another company that makes one too i can't remember what that one's called but nucleus nano yeah it's a cool name but yeah so the main the main part of it is the focus motor and then there's a hand wheel this looks like a little knob mm-hmm. that you turn and if you get that kit that has those two things it's 300 right which is nearly the exact same price as the tilta one so the tilta one is 280 right now uh and i mean yeah so it's uh, uh, that's that's effectively it's the, same basically price. the same price but the interesting thing about the small rig one is that they also have a hand grip controller so yeah. you, you have like a pistol grip type thing with a little tiny finger wheel on it and you can even combine that with the knob controller to make like a two-handed two knob thing if you wanted to do focus and zoom or something like that and i think if you get the hand grip and the motor i think that was 400 dollars and what I think is interesting about that is if I imagine using something like a follow focus, I'm picturing something like a shoulder rig or maybe a handheld rig. And I'd really like to have that focus wheel on a hand grip so that I can be holding the rig securely and still be able to focus. And you can get those things with the tilted Nucleus Nano, but it's a little bit, it's more expensive. You, you have to buy that hand grip separately and like the overall kit would cost a lot more.
0: So this looks like it's meant to be rigged out with your cage, with your camera and your lens and everything, so that you're the one who's pulling focus on the handle, and it's not necessarily like your first AC thing, but it could be used for that.
1: That's kind of the impression I get, and I mean, that's that's what I think about the Tilta Nucleus Nano too. Honestly, I mean, okay, I, just at the price point and with what they do, I, I just kind of picture that it's probably for more of a smaller production, you know, smaller setup kind of thing. But I don't think there's any reason you couldn't have a, a separate person pulling the focus.
0: It is pretty cool. It does look like the the rod-mounted follow-focus piece has a plate that attaches onto it where you can mount an NPF battery directly yeah, to that. Yeah, it does. Which is cool. It was annoying to have to run cables when we rigged out a follow-focus with a cam, But then at the same time, this would make that whole, you know balancing of the city really annoying yeah so i don't know how much i love being able to mount a follow focus directly to the piece that operates the lens is do you know if this thing can also be powered from a cable yeah
1: you can you can still power it off of a you know like a d-tap or something like that mm-hmm. i i like that it has that option because on the nucleus nano you have to power it either either over usb or d-tap and so you have to have another battery somewhere on your rig and I, I appreciate that if you wanted to you could power this directly with an NPF right on the motor. You don't have mm-hmm. to have an extra an extra piece. It's a nice option to have if you're thinking about like a tripod shot. You know if you're shooting YouTube in a studio and you just want to have a follow focus so that you can be sitting at your desk and do it. Then that weight doesn't matter. You know you're gonna be on a tripod. So right right yeah nice that for that.
0: totally makes sense. It also looks like it has a cable that can come out and go into the camera. Yeah. Can you? what does that do
1: yeah that's a uh, that's for uh uh run stop that both both of them have this the the nucleus nano does too but the the controller has a button on it that you could as a record button
0: oh nice yeah well that's yeah. all cool but so, but so, that looks like it comes out of the the piece that's on the lens not the controller itself
1: um yeah that's right because the controller's wireless oh duh. and so it comes out from the motor goes into the camera and then that way, whether that controller is like your hand grip on your shoulder rig, or if you're standing 50 feet away, pulling focus, you can mm-hmm. start and stop the recording with the controller.
0: So I'm looking at some of the picture configurations with this, and it looks like they have obviously, like you could set it up to like dual wheeled, right? And you have yep. two handles with two mm-hmm. knobbies on them. And sure, maybe one is like zoom and the other one's focus, but it looks like they have one set up onto the ND filter. So they're like <laughs> a variable ND modulating and focus That's, modulating.
1: I don't know about that. That's wild. Oh,
0: uh, man. I would yeah. I would hate to have my exposure change that often <laughs> on a shot. I would be so mad. Yeah. <laughs> maybe if you had like one pull and it was just it was set up perfectly
1: yeah i mean you could also do aperture right like think about those fuji lenses uh, you know those don't yeah. those usually have clicks yeah but. if
0: you have a clickless i mean any cinema, cinema lens that's yeah. one that's all is going to have a clickless aperture
1: i don't know it looks good there, there is one fatal flaw to their system and what that is that is that the hand i don't know if the hand grip does but i think the knob controller uses a canon uh, lpe6 battery uh, which is the normal right, canon right. battery I, I have a bunch of them but then the battery plate for the focus motor uses npf
0: that no it's, why would they do like that why,
1: like why that's do you so need stupid. why do you need two separate batteries Boo. Yeah.
0: Boo. No, that's that's like How's that? How's that fly? It, yeah, like why? Like,
1: why not make them the they,
0: same? Did they design these in a vacuum? No, that's just. It's weird. Like I know, like MPF batteries mount on the outside of things, and LP six batteries can mount on the inside of things, and like I guess that's fine, but that's not okay.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, why? <laughs> really? <laughs> so hopefully they'll fix that at some point. It's really stupid. But I don't know. I'm I'm really interested to see reviews of it, and I would. I mean, I would consider getting it over the Tilta, uh, Nucleus Nano.
0: Up to this point, I mean, I don't know if small rigs what does small rig make that that is electronic apart from the handle with the with like the the, you know, the remote start stop for your camera. I don't know of any other small rig electronic devices. They
1: make some battery plates that actually look pretty good. You can right. get like NPF... Those are fairly
0: new too though.
1: They are fairly new. Yeah, I mean I definitely think the follow focus is the most sophisticated thing they've made. hmm But I don't know. I'm curious about it. I've been really happy with their cage stuff. I feel like in general, their products are really good value and it might be good. In my experience, having used the nucleus nano
0: and feeling like it was just the jankiest thing, I would be worried about this one too. It's like, it's their first foray into something as complicated as a follow focus and like, like, how reliable is it i i
1: don't know yeah it's hard to say it's not
0: any cheaper it's not any cheaper than the thing that's already like well established in in this arena
1: that's true it's hard to say i mean it doesn't seem like rocket science making a follow focus right like sure it it doesn't sound like a hard thing to make obviously it's hard to make them reliable but i just don't know i mean the way that products are developed in china is a lot different than what we imagine in the u.s
0: i guess that's true like usually you see the same thing from multiple manufacturers and it's like very componentized and commoditized and so yeah i guess maybe that is maybe that's what they're doing they just they bought the follow focus receiver and whatever blah blah
1: blah. honestly that that's probably what it is because when you think about something like a u.s manufacturer you picture them having somebody in their company that designed and built this thing and you know engineered the whole product and that's what I've learned over the past few years is that's not how stuff works in China so a lot of these companies want to release something that's an electronic device or whatever and they'll work with a what's called like a design house or whatever to to get that thing built mm-hmm. and so they work with another company that has electronics engineers and that company builds the thing and then the Company that requested it brands it as their own and sells it, and that's why you see a lot of this. You'll see the same product sold by four different companies, because right? Because this design house has built something and they've sold it to all these different companies yeah, and, they and sell so the on. Design
0: as many times as they can to make the money and whatever.
1: And so, I don't know anything about it, I'm not saying this is what happened, but it is entirely possible that Small Rig is using the same company to make their follow focus that Tilta used. Whoa, we don't, we just don't know. I mean, I
0: guess, yeah, I mean, yeah, huh.
1: So, so this one could also be janky. It could. That's what, that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> could be, but I don't know. I, it's, I mean, it's like, I, what you said, what you said about the nucleus nano being janky is true, and that's one reason I'm interested in the small rig one. I mean, it's. It, I don't feel like the bar is so high that it can't be met, and so maybe it's as good, maybe it's better, maybe so it's worse.
0: Taking your postulate hypothesis that these focus are basically the same, the smaller small rig one and the tilta one are mostly out of the same manufacturer maybe they're like slightly different slightly more optimized i mean at that point why buy the small rig one does it have features over the tilta one that you think are are nicer like the the grip is probably really good yeah and that looks appealing
1: yeah so that's that's mostly what it is i i like that they have a hand grip for a reasonable price Mm -hmm. i feel like that's a little bit more expensive to get from tilta but tilta does make a grip it's not like a third
0: party grip you have to sync with their technology that's right
1: yeah tilta does and I mean, I haven't looked at these in detail, so it's possible that the Tilta one is worth, you know, it may be better in in some way that makes it worth it. But I'm at least, I think it's interesting that there's competition for it. And that it's similarly priced. And, I mean, competition's good for all of us.
0: You actually know way more about this than I thought you were going to. Because <laughs> it came out, like, whatever, three days ago. and so Or some, I mean, maybe it was four days ago.
1: I'm, I'm up on the news, man. I just, I, was, I saw it
0: and I was like, oh, man, we gotta talk about this Magic Fizz. <laughs> maybe we'll do it as, like, a warm-up and then we'll get into it later. Apparently, you just know everything about yeah, it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Follow-focus is there something I know way too much about because I really want one, but I just <laughs> haven't been able to justify buying it. Yeah, so, reasonable. They seem so cool, but... They're very expensive and it just depends on the kind of work you do. Cause I mean, I, I always think I I'd like to have one on my camera rig, but then we go and do stuff like this big Ben thing and mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had time to set that up. There's no way. And so it, it it just really depends on the situation. Sure,
0: But like any sort of like short that we do in the future, that's narrative whenever I eventually get that next one planned, that's probably a good reason to have one. Yeah. Cause you'll be probably pulling focus and, and running camera at the same time. Right. And you know, in any situation like that, I'm not going to use autofocus. Yeah. Like a filthy, casual. Yeah, filthy casuals. Mm-hmm.
1: The other interesting question is, how useful is a follow focus if you don't also have a wireless monitor?
0: Like, not a monitor at all? Like, even a monitor on your camera? Or you just... Like, if you don't have... Well, like I mean, if you have a wireless monitor and you have a follow focus... You also need a human being to then operate yeah. those things.
1: I mean, I guess that's kind of what my question is getting at is if you're talking about your you're you are the camera operator and you are also pulling focus, right. is the follow focus useful?
0: I mean, for me, I'd rather just hold the lens and do it. But with the follow focus, being able to set like hard stops on it so that you can predetermine your linear your linear focus rack so that you know, okay, here's where I start, here's where I end. I set those marks and then I, all I have to do is just turn it continuously at the same speed until it clicks to a stop. Yep. And that way you yep. can get that perfectly smooth pull.
1: Yeah, they do they do that. Yeah. And that's that's an advantage to it for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I like it because I feel like I can more easily do it without shaking the lens. Um, yeah, I
0: mean, that's a good point too. Yeah. yeah. You got you have an, uh, you have a hand off of the lens. And, and you know, more stable. It makes the whole rig heavier. And if you're doing handheld stuff and you're not on like a gimbal or whatever, Maybe it's a little more stable because you have a little more weight.
1: I think it works really well with the wireless monitor. Like when we did the, the film shoot for the TV show, that was pretty cool on scenes where we had camera movement that we could have a completely different person pulling focus. That was cool. But if you're running by yourself or if you are the only camera operator, then I don't know. It's, I think it's less of a slam dunk at least.
0: Yeah, I think that it's something that one of us probably should have at some point because I bought that Steadicam. For super super cheap, that Glide what was it two thousand or was it the four thousand? It was the Glide Cam four thousand. Bought it for like fifty bucks. Yeah, super excited. Totally worth it. And I haven't used it once, and I'm gonna like I, I, I want to use it and I want to rig it up like all heavy and fantastic, and I want to use it for heavy something heavy and fantastic. Yes, well, like because it's supposed to hold weight, right? Yeah, I gotta like I gotta use it for what it's meant That's for. That's true. That's true. But then we're gonna need a follow focus so that we can get those sweet. Focus pull shots. Yeah. well, We're
1: going to have to also get a wireless monitor, though. Because how are you going to pull focus? Oh, we don't
0: have a... I forgot that we don't have a Teradek.
1: I I often forget that we don't have a Teradek. So in some different week, we will have to also talk about cheaper wireless monitor options because there are a what few what is what is out there is there something i know like there wasn't
0: there, there that one that just runs to your phone that just came out or Well is that... yeah
1: so there are some that run to your phone which i'm a little skeptical of like i already hate on when i use the mavic i have to use my phone as the controller and yeah. and i hate that i i don't want to have my phone involved in my filming at all but there there are a couple of options that are affordable there i've seen one that's about 600 bucks Uh, You know, it's like a full on HDMI wireless transmitter, which I mean, it's kind of expensive, but it's totally affordable. It's a lot of a lot more affordable than a Teradek. And I think there's maybe two or three options in that range. So it'd be interesting to look at sometime and see.
0: Yeah, that would be that would be interesting. Using a uh, 20 foot HDMI cable is not always the right option.
1: I would say it's often not the right option (laughs) or maybe you just stand really close sure you know maybe it's you like, have one person on the steady uh-huh. cam and you have another person next to them also ninja walking at the same speed like yep, like yep. right next to them
0: well yeah. you don't want anyone tripping and falling falling over anything so i guess what you do is you have the person who's pulling and then you have the other person who's like attached to them with a rod so that they're staying the same distance apart not running into them yeah and then you have the third person behind them who's then steering the whole con- yes. congo line i love this idea <laughs> It'll totally work. Yeah. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. nothing that can go wrong in that yeah. plan. And usually you want, you'll have to have the person who's holding the boom also in that group of people. And then the person oh. who's, who's making, you know, following the boom person. And
1: then you have to have like five people. Can we have everyone just hold on to a rope, like a kindergarten class? I mean, why not? I mean,
0: they're all going to be doing something, so you're going to have to tie the rope around oh, each of their okay. waists. Good and, point. But then, like, you run into an accordion problem. So, really, it has to be a rope with PVC mm. around the rope so that they're all the same distance apart at all times.
1: I I can't think of anything wrong with this plan.
0: Whenever we were shooting for that TV pilot, I w- there was that one scene that we were doing where they were walking outside, and it was me and the person who was, like, guiding me behind... And then there was the person holding the boom and the person guiding the boom. And then there was somebody who was holding a, uh, a bounce to like, you know for shade because because we waited too long to start filming the scene right and the person who was guiding them so there were six of us and we were all like shuffle 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 (laughs) (laughs) as the talent's like walking towards the camera on the phone and we're like shuffle 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 shuffle. watch out for a curve shuffle 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 shuffle
1: it's it's the most ridiculous thing yes your camera mob (laughs) yep you and the camera mob (laughs) oh boy Welcome back to the Camera Gear Podcast. I'm Daniel. And I'm Lucas. And we're back to talk more about the gear side of photo and video. Okay, so I wanted
0: to talk about, and I put this one on the show notes, uh, and I'm I'm taking your job. I'm going to ask you about it now. Go ahead. Uh, The GoPro 11 Black Hero Pro Max.
1: Yes, all of that, but also just the GoPro 11, because I think that's all it's called. Not many it's not many the, it Go, the gopro 11 not many yes yeah. that's
0: that one because the, 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 the mini was delayed yeah i just saw that like yeah. it's not out yet i'm kind of i'm super curious to see what how the mini does and how it performs and like what people use it for but having used like having used the pro 11 black not many and some of the issues that we had i'm i'm curious to see if it's just gonna be worse
1: let's talk about that for a second so what do you know about the difference between the full gopro 11 and the mini have you the mini you,
0: is smaller
1: the mini is smaller. I think it has less video features. I don't think it shoots
0: the full open gate 8x11. You know,
1: I think it does have fewer video features. It doesn't have a screen. Right. This is the thing that I don't understand. It has an integrated battery. What? So you can't swap the battery. Ugh. And it, it it is smaller. And so the intent of it, I think, is to put it on like a helmet or mm-hmm. in some place where you can't fit a full-size GoPro, which... Oh, There's not a lot of places. First of all, yeah. how Where are you trying to put this thing that a GoPro won't fit? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the first thing I don't get. And... One of the obvious uses of this thing is to use it on an FPV drone because Mm -hmm. there are a lot of FPV pilots that wanna fly with a GoPro, either for professional work or just to record their flights, because that's fun. And on on drones, weight is such a huge factor that you want the smallest and lightest thing you can get. And there's people that, for for years now, there are people that have taken GoPros and they've taken them out of the case and put them into like a special stripped down case that doesn't Mm -hmm. have a screen, doesn't have a battery or anything. And it reduces the weight by a lot and it makes it light enough that you can put it on a lot of drones and still get good flight performance, good flight time and all mm-hmm. that. And so a lot of people saw this 11 mini And they thought this is going to be great because now GoPro is actually making a product that does this and it's nice and small and lightweight and so on and so forth. And it turns out that it just doesn't hit that mark because it doesn't weigh that much less than the full 11. 20
0: grams lighter.
1: Yeah. So I think the 11 weighs about 150 grams and the 11 mini weighs about 130.
0: Uh, Yeah. It looks like the Hero 11 Black is 133 and the mini is one. 03, roughly. Okay, yeah. So, true. but
1: you're, yeah, you're, you're basically right on, and and so that's not much difference. And what's really bad about it is that if you take the battery out of the GoPro Eleven, it's mm-hmm. lighter than the Eleven Mini, because you can't remove the battery from the Eleven Mini. Oh uh, wait, so, so
0: the Mini has a bigger battery? No,
1: no. But if you oh, take, oh, if you take
0: the battery out and you power the gopro hero 11 black separately it's larger but it's lighter than exactly the
1: exactly and if you have a drone you have a battery on it and so you can power the gopro from that and but then you have something lighter weight with the gopro 11 than you do with the 11 mini and you can replace that battery in the field so if you have the 11 mini if that battery runs out you've got to charge it
0: those fpv batteries <laughs> already don't last more than you know five ten minutes
1: it turns out that it, it doesn't so so when people have done this in the past where they've taken the GoPro out of the case mm-hmm. and put it in a in a lighter case, in those in those situations you do power it off the drone battery. And it turns out it just doesn't make that much difference in flight time. You know, the flight time of the drone is based on how big that battery is, but the weight from the GoPro is far more of a factor than like the power draw of the GoPro, especially because it doesn't have a screen.
0: That's it's it's really interesting to think like Okay, they maybe they're targeting okay. Where can you not fit a GoPro that you need to fit a GoPro Mini? Maybe on a drone, but the compromises that they had to make to make it smaller, it's not necessarily light enough, and it's not necessarily the right. Yeah, choice. it's
1: not the way I would have done it. I would have I would have not had a battery in that thing, and just have an external power uh, you know power port for it, and do it that way. And by the way, GoPro does make that product. It's mm-hmm. the the ten bones is what they call it, and that right. one's made for drones, but. All this stuff together, I'm just like, I don't know why the Mini exists. I don't know why you would use it over a full-size GoPro. Having the screen is really valuable for framing shots and stuff like that. And it just doesn't seem like you save that much. So I guess I'm curious to see what people actually do with the Mini.
0: Maybe a Mini Bones would be the right choice. They could have like a strip down that you could power externally for the drone market.
1: Yeah, I think if they had something like that, that would probably do pretty well. And I, I guarantee you somebody will do it as soon as that mini comes out. Somebody's going to do the same thing they've been doing in GoPros. They'll they'll take it and take the battery out of the case and so on. And so that'll kind of let us see what the possibilities are there. But even ignoring the drone thing, because that was the most obvious use case to me when I sure. saw the mini. But since that doesn't really make sense, it makes me wonder what's that mini actually going to be used for
0: i mean someone has to have a use case for it that we're just not thinking of like maybe you have some sort of piece of equipment where you want to mount it more discreetly or maybe like you want to save a 100 bucks because you don't need the screen coming back and looking at you know the difference between these two in real time follow-up the video capabilities are exactly the same and the mini can't shoot uh can't shoot stills but you don't have a screen for really it has a monochrome screen like a little monochrome screen but doesn't have the front one right so you're not going to want to shoot stills with it anyway but it has the same size sensor and the same video capabilities it's just that Mm integral integral battery what's the
1: what's the price difference a hundred dollars okay so the mini is cheaper the mini is cheaper
0: and it doesn't support the audio module that the larger one has or can be equipped with
1: well, maybe it is just the cost then. Yeah, you know, like you said, maybe it's you're putting it somewhere that you that you think you might break it and maybe that makes more sense.
0: Yeah, maybe that maybe that's it. It's a little little more crashable than than the normal one if you just like you don't need audio. Yeah. And you don't need a screen.
1: Okay. And well, it's interesting. You don't need
0: pictures. I don't know. It's it is kind of weird, but I bet that there's someone who who is going to say, "Wow, I, I don't need all this stuff that's on the, you know, Eleven Black." I'm just going to get the 11 Mini, right? and it's it's $100 cheaper.
1: Yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, I'm mean, i sure they didn't make the product if they didn't have a market for it. I'm sure, sure they did some research. So I'm just curious to see what people do with that.
0: What we used the 11 Blacks for, we had two of them, and we used them for recording the race. And so we had one set up in windshield and one set up on the roll bar behind the driver and passenger or the driver and navigator. Facing forward. Facing forward. And we... Also rig them up for follow shots on the front sway bar and on the tow hitch of a truck. And those are the two primary use cases for us. We did some rundown tests and battery tests and that sort of thing in preparation for the shoot to make sure that we knew the capabilities of those GoPros. And what I found was that anytime I was shooting in, not 10-bit, but anytime I was shooting over 30 frames per second, so in some modes, you're just going to get the 10-bit color and you can't turn it off. In some modes, you can turn it off. But in the modes that we were using and shooting in 10-bit, if we shot more than 30 frames per second inside of an air-conditioned vehicle, it overheated.
1: Yeah, which was really surprising. I didn't yeah. think we expected that.
0: I didn't expect that at all. I mean, it's, it's 75 degrees in this car. It's not in direct sunlight. Like, why is it going to overheat after 15 minutes? Yeah. And it did. It was like I couldn't get more than 15 minutes of 4K 60 footage.
1: And it made it it made it made a real problem for our use case where we're trying to capture a race that's going to take more than 15 minutes. Yeah.
0: Uh, we wanted to be able to do it a continuous recording for at least 30 minutes. And ideally, we wanted 60 frames per second, and we couldn't get it. We had to shoot the whole thing in 4K 30 because the, otherwise they were going to overheat.
1: Yeah, I was really surprised by that. It was, was kind of disappointing.
0: Mm-hmm. The battery life was okay. It seemed like it could record for almost an hour. You know, maybe about forty to fifty-six minutes or so on one battery when shooting four K thirty.
1: Yeah, that, I mean that that part didn't bother me as much. Yeah, I, that wasn't too big. Of a the dude. battery, the battery life, I felt like met my expectations, mm-hmm. but not the overheating.
0: I would agree. I wasn't really disappointed or anything with the battery. My problem with it was that the way that that battery cover works, like you have to be able to like. Pull it down and then move it up like a hinge. And it takes a
1: lot of force to do that.
0: Yeah, it's the whole side of the battery and the whole
1: side. Whole side of the GoPro.
0: Sorry, it's the whole side of the GoPro, and the GoPro itself is water resistant, and so it's sealed off. And so you have to like really pry down to unhinge it and then lift it up. And so with some of the mounts that we were using, you had to be really conscious of which way am I mounting this with the screw that goes in to hold the GoPro in place? Because I know that whenever we run this, we're going to have to run it for 30 minutes and then swap the batteries and then run it again. And you have to be able to take it off. And if you don't carefully mount the bottom of the GoPro to whatever you're putting it on, you won't be able you have to like take the whole thing apart to get the battery out.
1: And, and ideally if you're swapping batteries in the middle, you don't want to move the camera that much. Mm-hmm. And so that it, it's a pain that it's that hard to open because yeah. you're going to shift your camera angle a little bit. And depending on what you're going to do with that footage, that's kind of annoying.
0: Yep. And you can take that whole battery door off because the way that all of the accessories work is that you take the battery door off and then you put the GoPro into this other case that then snaps in and connects into the USB port, which is how you get the audio connection. And I found that to be really annoying. I thought that there was maybe going to be like uh, just a, you know, a three quarter jack on there because we kind of wanted to be able to like just set up a small little shotgun in the car to capture audio. And we're like, oh, we'll just run into the GoPro. Turns out you can't do that with another like $100 accessory.
1: I mean, you even had a, didn't you have a USB-C to 3.5 adapter? Yeah. And, and that, that didn't even work.
0: No, it didn't work. You have to have the the stupid proprietary GoPro It's like one. 80 bucks. Yeah.
1: It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. So that was annoying. And I thought, okay, well, maybe we just take the battery door off. That way we can just like pull the tab and pull the battery out. But the, it's doing GoPro stuff. Like you're not gonna leave yeah. the door off whenever you're doing GoPro things with your GoPro or else the battery's gonna come flying well, out. Well, because
1: the battery doesn't latch in, you no. know. So like on a on a camera, whenever you put the battery in, you know, if you open the battery door, the battery doesn't just slide out. There's that little right. spring loaded latch that holds it, and the GoPro doesn't have that. And so if you take the battery door off, yeah, the battery's just gonna disconnect like the first time you hit a bump. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's that was all that was all super annoying. So The footage that we got out of it looks pretty good. It doesn't quite have the dynamic range of a larger sensor camera, but it was pretty good for what we got. The noise wasn't too bad. Anything above like 1600 ISO was definitely visibly noisy, but all the low ISO stuff that, you know, 100 to 400 seemed to look pretty good to me. And I had trouble getting it to set to basically turn off auto exposure. Yeah. Because I wanted to be able to like have it exposed for, outside and for anyone who's ever shot anything in a car it's like it's so dark inside versus outside you want to expose for the highlights outside and then you can lift the shadows in post and kind of get your get your exposure how you want it but what i didn't want to happen was to leave it in some sort of auto mode and then have it try to expose for the inside of the car and then blow out the sky and so I, like, you, can't, you can't just manually put everything in. You have to set the max ISO. So you have to go in and be like, I want my min ISO to be 100. I want my max ISO to be 100. And then you can you know, tell it, okay, does well, it want my frame rate to be and whatever. It was kind of annoying to have to go through and configure all of those auto settings.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's like, I kind of contrast it with the Mavic when I'm flying the drone. And in the, in the Mavic, you have an auto mode and you also have a pro mode. And when you put it in pro mode, it immediately gives you all those settings And it makes it very easy to set them. You know, it just takes everything out of those. It's like moving your camera to manual. And I feel like the GoPro needs that option. It has pro in the name. It does have pro in the name. I just, I want, I want that.
0: It would be, it would be so much better. And I kind of expected to have it. I mean, this is the 11th version of this product. And yes, there's a lot of people who use it, who are just like, I'm going to slap it on my skateboard and pick one of the presets and it's going to look great. And obviously they have to gear it towards a lot of people like that who are going to use it in that way. But it would be fantastic if there was one like, you know, the sixth mode down in the list was like pro mode. And then you just have to manually set set your ISO and I guess the aperture is fixed. But like your ISO and your shutter speed
1: and then you, you know what you're going to get. I agree. I agree. It should definitely have that. And yeah, I mean, the footage looks good. The stabilization is really good. I mean, I feel like that's the main reason to use a GoPro, mm-hmm. honestly, is is that. And that was really helping us out on some of those chase shots, because we had tried doing some with right. me holding the camera in the car, and it was just unusable because it was shaking around so much. And the GoPro looks completely stable by comparison. So it's an amazing piece of technology, but it just has these shortcomings.
0: The stabilization was remarkable, and the horizon lock was really cool. I used that for one of the follow shots, and it's just it's so level and it's so perfect. It's like you're just gliding over, even though it's attached to the suspension of a vehicle.
1: It's, yeah, it's really, really good. That was that was really impressive to see. Didn't you break something on one of them?
0: Yeah. So on one side of it is the mic. Is there, there's like a mic cover, and it's because there's an onboard mic and it's just basically a windshield and I look, it looks like a tab. And so whenever I was looking for the, you know, the headphone jack that obviously was going to be on this GoPro because who would ship a camera without a headphone jack or a mic jack? Um, I realized like, Oh, I'll just like kind of pull on this tab and it just came off.
1: And I was like, (laughs) like like irreversibly came off. Yeah.
0: And I was like, Oh, that was easy to take off on. Where's, but where's the port? Oh, I'll just put this back on. Oh, it's broken.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, that wasn't great.
0: Yeah, it's it's like you have to put so much force on the battery door to open that it's like, oh yeah, sure, if I think something's behind this and it's not moving, maybe I should just pry harder because that's how this
1: thing works. Yeah, that that was that was disappointing to see.
0: So, I guess like The footage was good. The taller aspect ratio was really cool. Uh, Shooting in like the super, super wide is definitely very distorted. I kind of liked the linear mode the most, but then the one that was slightly wider than that. And for those who are uninitiated in GoPros, they all have very terrible terms, but they have like linear, which is their squared off version where you're not getting any edge distortion. And then they have wide and they have super wide and then they have hyper view which is their widest version, and then they have linear horizon lock. I think that's all of them. I think there's like six modes that you can run in, and it's just right. different kind of different crops on the sensor and then different, um, what do you call it, where it does like a lens distortion correction. So it's like different amounts of distortion correction and crop on the sensor to give you these different quote-unquote yeah. fields
1: of view. Yeah, I don't know. It's funny, like listening to this, we don't, we don't like GoPros very much.
0: What? I loved it. I would, I absolutely would have GoPros in my kit, being able to mount them wherever you need to get the shots. Some of the shots that we're using in that documentary, we wouldn't have been able to get otherwise. So they're, I mean, they're a fantastic tool to have. And I think that the footage is going to look good, but the battery life was annoying. The overheating was annoying and all the way that you have to interface with it with the accessories is
1: annoying yeah it's it's not a perfect tool by any means i certainly wouldn't replace a normal camera with it no but it was cool that we had them and neither of us own one i think it's something we'd probably like to have in the toolkit
0: i think that or it seemed to me that for a while gopro was trying to gear itself towards the vlogging community of saying hey just get a GoPro with a mic on it. You could use that as your vlog camera instead of a mirrorless camera or instead of your phone. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, they even sell those creator kits. You know yeah. that they make it easier to put a mic on things like that. That's clearly a market they want.
0: Right. I I don't think that I would replace my phone with a GoPro. Well, for one thing, it can't make calls. That's a problem. I mean, I mean, I think that's a benefit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that means no one can call you.
0: Yep. No one's gonna bother me. I can just like go out and film on my GoPro. Now it. Like an iPhone, you know, thirteen or whatever, is going to shoot better video than a GoPro Eleven. Uh, about the same, but better because it does all its stupid computational crap. Right. And the things that you would want to necessarily film with your phone just don't seem like the same thing that you would want to film with a GoPro. They're an entirely different tool. I don't think that a GoPro is a vlogging camera. It's but it's the things that it's purpose built for. I mean, it's it's kind of the only thing you want to use them for.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, for me, it's like that's that's the camera I want for tight spaces and risky things. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting my phone or my camera on the bottom of a truck going down the highway. And it's great for that. But I don't think it could be your only camera.
0: Yeah, for sure. Maybe, maybe for some people. Yeah. But
1: for most, especially
0: people who are doing a wide variety of things, it's definitely not the only camera.
1: I agree. Do we want to talk a little bit about the mounts we use?
0: Yeah, I did want to get into that. I just I wanted to kind of underscore one more time that, you know, it's it was the battery life was okay, but for something like the mini, having to recharge it every time, to me that's a deal breaker. I would rather spend an extra 100 bucks and be able to swap those batteries. And the batteries took forever to charge. Like it took couple hours at least to charge mm-hmm. one of them from zero to hundred and
1: and that was not using that wasn't plugging the gopro into a charger that was using gopro's thing that mm-hmm. they have named the supercharger and it was still that slow yeah that was really weird
0: yeah like i plugged in all of my stuff when we got back to the house and everything finished you know, a good 30 minutes before the GoPro's finished charging.
1: I think on the battery life, like you mentioned the mini with its non-removable battery, I really think it depends on what you're doing with it because I mean, I, I don't know if you're, if you're doing some type of, like if you're surfing or something, you know, maybe you're going to go out and you just need to be able to film for a few moments. And then, you know, it's, you know, you're not, you're not filming for like long periods of time. Maybe it's okay then, but if you're using it on a film set or something like that, or if you're shooting a longer thing, then yeah, that's going to be a big problem. You'd yeah. either have to have a bunch of them, or you'd have to have some way to recharge those batteries. It has
0: to be just my use case then, because anything I imagine myself using a GoPro for, it's going to be this is an auxiliary shot to this project that I'm working on, and I want to like do all of like the doing the settings and getting the framing and all the you know setup for it, and then before we start shooting, I'm going to swap the battery out. Yeah, so that right when, whenever we're ready to go we're at 100% and, and you know it's ready and you guys you just can't do that with the mini
1: yeah yeah I agree and and with the full-size one you'd want to have some extra batteries you you, yeah. you shouldn't just buy it with a single battery because if you if that runs out you're in trouble yeah definitely and fortunately the batteries are cheap I think it's I can't remember if it's $20 each or if it's $20 for two. I think it might be $20 each, but that still feels cheap to me for, compared to batteries for a lot of other things. Oh yeah.
0: The batteries for my food are like 60 bucks.
1: Yeah. They're affordable. I would buy a bunch mm-hmm. of them and yep. I would probably, I think that charger thing that charges two of them is a little more expensive, but I would want to have that because they mm-hmm. take so long to charge. I wouldn't want to have to plug the GoPro into the charger and then go babysit it and keep yeah. swapping them out. So
0: And I'm going to get on my soapbox here and say, and i buy the gopro brand batteries absolutely I, I don't even
1: i don't even know if you can get third-party ones but you probably can
0: i mean i used to buy third-party batteries from xt3 and after just a few months they would undervolt and the camera would randomly shut off on me and i just the risk of maybe them not being built well enough and exploding in the camera or all all kinds of stuff and so it's the oem batteries always seem to be better and to last longer and less risky yeah And so I just made my mind up, whatever, like a year and a half ago that like, that's it. I'm never buying non-OEM
1: batteries. Yep. I agree. And these are so cheap For for the GoPro. They're so cheap. that It's like buy the OEM battery. Yeah,
0: definitely. So we mounted, we talked about how we mounted these for, or where we mounted them for this shoot. So what kind of mounting gear did we use for
1: this? Well, we had a couple of different options. So the first thing we, we had three different mounts and we should probably talk about all of them. So the first one was... I believe it was a RAM mount brand, but it was basically like a super clamp. Uh, if you're familiar with those, so it had a twist-on clamp that you could clamp onto something like a, you know, like a bar or the edge of a table, that sort of thing. And then it had a ball arm thing attached to it, so you could clamp mm-hmm. it down, and then you could kind of position it in place and tighten that down. And that was that was the first one we had. We also had a. I guess what I'd call like a C-clamp or a hose clamp type thing that seemed like it was only made to go around a cylindrical object, like a bar.
0: Yeah, it was like a bar clamp.
1: Yeah, and and that that one seemed like you could tighten it down uh, pretty well on that, but then you couldn't, you didn't have the ball arm, so you couldn't position it in different places. I think it just clamped down to the bar, if I remember correctly. Right. And So you
0: could mount it to like a handlebar or to a grill guard or something like that. Right,
1: right. And then the third one we had was a suction cup mount. So you could mount that, you could stick it on a windshield, you could stick it on the side of a car, that sort of thing. So those were the three we we had. We used all three of them at various points. Do you want to talk a little bit about how we used them? We mounted the suction
0: cup to the inside of the windshield, and we also mounted it to the side of the car to get some tire movement shots and then the shot of the driver and and the navigator during the race. The... Pro tip, if you're suctioning a cup of GoPro to the inside of a windshield, maybe cover up the windshield to cover up the GoPro whenever you're standing still so you don't overheat the GoPro.
1: Yeah, we left it sitting, the car was sitting in the sun for an hour or two. Yep. And we had the GoPro in there and that GoPro overheated later when yeah, we, when it we did. needed the shot.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's it's going to be fine. But we definitely didn't get the entire second leg of that race because of it. Yeah. So that one, that suction cup was surprisingly
1: sticky. It seemed like it held just fine. Yeah. And, and it's super versatile to have that because mm-hmm. we used it in the windshield. We also stuck it to the side of the car to get a shot of the wheel. Yep. That's yep. pretty cool.
0: I would definitely stick that to the outside of a car again to get more interesting shots. I don't think I would feel comfortable driving a vehicle maybe over 40 or 50 miles an hour with that on there. But for those cases, we also had cable ties. And so we tied, we secured the cables to the GoPro. And anywhere that we mounted, our gear it was then secondarily attached with a cable yeah it's
1: like a wire safety tether exactly
0: yeah that way you know you lose the camera off the suction cup it's hanging off the mirror yeah. you don't lose all your gear
1: that and it's also safer for everybody involved that was something that i would not have thought to get but we had to get them because the the race required that sort of thing if we were going to have anything mounted in the car right and now that i've seen that in action i would definitely buy those it yeah seemed worth it
0: it seems Cheap, easy, and 100% worth it. Yeah. It'll save, save your gear and maybe save you too from getting smacked with a GoPro. And then we used the roll cage to mount the, the claw-type clamp and with the ball arm as like our extender to make sure it was up at just the right height. And then we also used that same clamp on the, on the sway bar.
1: And that clamp seemed like it worked really well. Mm-hmm. It, it held very securely. I didn't really have any concerns about it. I mean, that was probably the most... The most useful of the three we had yeah
0: definitely was i would it reminded me a lot of those uh super ball whatever
1: super ball super clamp
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah those little super clamp things that you have like the, whatever, the quarter inch and the claw on them yeah it, were, it was just like that but for gopros and mm. those things are infinitely useful
1: yeah and i do think i would get that ram mount one over a super clamp if you're going to mount it in a vehicle or something Yeah, it, it just seemed better suited for that it, oh yeah it, it kind of had like a rubbery plastic construction and I mean, I just, I would feel better clamping that on a car than one of the Mm -hmm. metal super clamps.
0: Yeah. Ram mount seems to make a lot of different types of things. And the stuff that they make is specifically for this type of mounting. And I was very happy with all the gear that we used by them.
1: Yeah. And and we did use the, uh, the other one too, the, the bar clamp, uh, version. And I think we used that on the hitch ball uh, on the back of the truck. Yeah, that's right. And that, I mean, again, that one seemed good. I think if I was mounting it to something like a bar, I would rather use that over the Ram Mount one because it seems like it would hold a little more securely. Sure. And 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 because you don't have the ball, the ball Mount thing, you don't have to worry about the GoPro like shifting out of position.
0: Right. That was definitely a concern for us. I don't think it was a problem in the actuality of the race, but yeah, those, I mean, if you hit them just right, those ball clamps aren't necessarily going to hold position very well.
1: Yeah. And especially if you're having to swap batteries in the GoPro and Mm -hmm. dealing with that battery door, Mm -hmm. There there are situations where you're going to have a lot of force on that thing, and so having a really rigid mount can be good. I
0: do think that if I was just buying one mount, having a the the ball arm and the claw is probably the most versatile, and that's the one that I would just want to have in my kit Mm -hmm. all the time. If I didn't know what I was going to mount it to, but I mean, most people who are buying a GoPro have a specific use in mind, and they're going to know if they are we. Am I mounting it to? like the bar of my AT, ATV or is it going to go on a helmet or am I going to hold it in my mouth like a boss?
1: Yep. Yeah. That's, we didn't even talk about the the mouth mm-hmm. mount. Yeah. For, that's for that's peop- the best mount. Yes. Mouth mount is the best mount. I think that for the uses that we would use it for, where we're going to be filming a variety of different things though, kind of the lesson I learned is have a bunch of different options because I think we, we went into it trying to use fewer mounts and we ended up having access to more Yeah, and I'm glad we had all of them and we found a use for all of them. So, I mean, if, if I was to buy a GoPro for filming, I think I would want to have a variety of different mounts that I could use.
0: I've really enjoyed shooting like behind the scenes stuff for all the projects that we work on so that I have, I can go and edit my own BTS stuff later, or I can go back and reference it or whatever. And using the mouth mount for the GoPro would be the perfect behind-the-scenes thing because you could then be like running your steady camera, like working your camera while having a GoPro in your mouth. That's true. And so it's reminding you not to say anything during the shot. And also, it's getting all that sweet first-person behind-the-scenes footage.
1: I just don't know how you're going to make all your sound effects if you do that. I mean, it's a really good point. Yeah.
0: I think that everyone would take me way more seriously if I just had a GoPro in my mouth all the time.
1: That's that's certainly true. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're going to have to try that. Mm -hmm. I'll have
0: to learn sign language.
1: Yeah, yeah. Worth it. Cool. Anything else on the GoPro?
0: Man, I'm sure that there's a lot more to there's talk about. So much more. I just, well, the only other thing maybe to talk about was, and I feel like we've talked way too much about the battery. But I wanted a way to be able to externally power the GoPro Cause like, some of the features it does, like time lapse and things like that. But I don't understand how, like, how am I going to mount it and then run it to an external battery? Yeah, because you probably,
1: you probably can power it over USB C. Yeah. But where do you put the battery pack?
0: You just have to take the battery door off. Yeah. I don't I don't know. That's that was kind of a question mark to me. And I guess maybe I should go back through their accessories and see if I'm missing the one like this is how you do external power to it
1: thing. I, I do think you can take the battery door off, use the USB C and then just run a run a wire to your battery. Yeah. I think that's probably the way to do it. I don't love it. We yeah. didn't
0: try running it without a battery in it.
1: I'm pretty sure you can because that's what the drone people do. Okay. So I, I think that's possible.
0: Well, then that, that wouldn't be too bad. Yeah. So if, if that's the case, then that becomes
1: you know, even more useful. But you it, but it then you
0: can't mount it in like you're going to mount it where you need it to be weatherproof. Like you'd lose it because you had to take the battery door
1: off. Yeah, I was going to say, I think running it without a battery kind of defeats some of the uses of a GoPro because you're not going to be able to fit it in a small of a space. Now you have this extra battery somewhere that you have to try and mount securely and deal with. And I just think it loses some of the value as being this tiny little self-contained camera. I'd I'd almost rather just have a pile of the batteries.
0: Yeah, I guess. But like if you're doing some sort of long discrete thing or you were trying to mount it somewhere like in nature or or like in a birdhouse or something to get a certain kind of shot.
1: Yeah, if you want to be able to film for weeks or something, that wouldn't work. Mm
0: -hmm. I don't know. I'm sure that there's some solution for that. I just the way that the, the port and the battery door and everything are configured, I just felt like it was a, it was a miss. Yeah. Like I want there to be a separate door that's equally as secure that I can take off that just covers up the USB-C port. Right. And then maybe that USB-C port I could use for either power or for microphone. Yeah. And instead of it being under the battery door.
1: It's interesting. I I like the GoPro overall. It's it's so satisfying how small they are and it's neat being able to get those cool shots, but it's not perfect even though the even though this is the gopro 11 i mean they could do things to improve it with the 12 yeah that's for sure
0: i just i was so surprised because like i loved it i loved using it i think it's a fantastic product i i want i want one for my kit i want multiple for my kit you know the tall video and the five point whatever k it's, it's all great but i don't know it's just there was so many little things that if i don't know it feels, still feels compromised
1: yeah it's like a death by a thousand paper cuts type yeah. thing yeah
0: definitely okay I'm done talking about the GoPro.
1: Done talking about the GoPro. Dang it. So I guess that's that's really about all we have on the GoPro.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be, it would be good, I guess, to jump into another topic, but I think we've, <laughs> we kind
1: of went forever on it. I didn't yeah, we I didn't were...
0: expect to dive that deep on the GoPro, but there's was, there was just so much
1: to say. We really beat the GoPro horse on that. But yep. mm-hmm. That's going to do it for the show today. Thanks for joining us. And if you enjoyed it, we'd encourage you to rate us on iTunes and tell your photography friends about the show. Also, check out our website at cameragearpodcast.com to learn more or send us feedback and questions. We'll be back with more next week.